So, uh, okay, what are we, uh, we're recording here. Booze and movies. Uh, Wow, that's just super creative. Uh, Good luck on your podcast, guys. Uh, Okay. This is just the most unprofessional setup I've ever seen. Ladies and gentlemen, booze and movies. I ask you a lot of questions and I want them answered immediately. <laughs> That's always a great way to start a podcast is with uh, a Schwarzenegger impression from that was just, um, that was kindergarten cop, right? Yes. And I, I which, you know, what's funny is I was uh, I was a kid, not in kindergarten, but I was a kid when that came out. Oh, wow. It was, it was really great. But I was thinking of Schwarzenegger because uh, like, you know, you, you start your day and you open up like your your Facebook or your social media, or your Twitter feed or your MySpace and. When, when the first thing you see is Arnold Schwarzenegger rushed to emergency open heart surgery, you think like, I just think to the part in Total Recall where he's breaking out of the mind control chair <laughs> yeah. at the end. And he's like, ah, <laughs> I'll do it myself. Put the heart back in. Yeah. See you at the party, Richter. See you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, and then he comes, and then he comes out, wakes up from anesthesia and is like, I'm back. I'm like, fuck God, God bless you, Arnold. God bless you. Thank you for living up to your own hype. Well, to whoever just tuned in and is very confused, uh, we should introduce ourselves. I am William. I'm drinking beer. I am Steven. <laughs> and this is what we are, uh, at least at this point, calling Booze and Movies, where we sit, we have beers together, and we talk about movies, which we normally do and not record it. So it's basically the same thing we normally do. <laughs> yeah, and it's weird. The, the setup we have is we're sitting across from each other, and we have these giant screens. So all I can see is like your eyes bouncing up and yeah. down behind your microphone. I can't even see your mouth moving. It's kind of off-putting. But yeah, I, think mach- I, I think I can make it through. For machinima, machinima fans, you might know uh, Red. Ver- it looks a little like Red versus Blue. You just see the face moving up and down and assume they're talking. <laughs> but uh, so the idea of this is we are going to talk about topics of film uh, while getting just a little bit shit-faced. We're already kind of already there, but... Yeah, I had yeah. a th- few throughout the day. Yeah. Um, I'm drinking a delicious uh, coffee-blended local-brewed mead, at, like traditional mead, brewed with uh, some coffee in there from Drinking Horde Meadery. Very good. Yes, and I am drinking... Uh, this is not local. This is imported from Germany. I'm going to pronounce this name. It's got an umlaut in it, like German names do. Schürferhofer Hefeweizen Grapefruit Beer. This my, my tummy's been a little upset lately, so I don't want to pass up a chance to get drunk with you, William. So I've, I've got this little nice fruity beer. It's it's amazing. And I'm sure that on a, maybe on a different night when I was aiming to really get drunk, I'd mix this with maybe a shot of vodka or something. This, that, this is really good. I could imagine that'd be mm. pretty good. I actually have an orange mm. liqueur right now that I think mm. would go amazing with one of those. Um, well, uh, to start off, uh, mm. we, we yeah. should probably say, um, so we met actually at work in yes. an office environment. We worked for the same tour company. Yes, hospitality industry. Yes, uh, I was the guy who dealt with the uh, the salespeople out in the field. I helped them in all their rigmarole in the day to day, and you helped everyone buy that rigmarole. Yes, marketing. I love yeah. marketing. It's a great job because it allows me to get paid a living wage, but also be creative throughout my daily work. So, <laughs> it's, are you okay? Yeah, mead. Mead. <laughs> I see you're drinking it out of a glass with the the inscription of the one ring. Uh, yes. description so I'm, I'm guessing that glass is cursed uh anyway yeah well it's it's unfortunately bonded to me but it doesn't make me invisible so that kind of i sucks. noticed that well you if you drink enough meat out of that you might think everyone else is invisible you <laughs> <Yeah>. might go 
Uh, but but yeah, we we met at work, uh, and uh, I was there um, already, and then you came in after that. They they got you in for the marketing position, yeah. and uh, it took a while because I I am a generally quiet person if I don't know people, and it seems like you're a lot the same way. And I think finally one day, either you made a joke to me or I made a joke to you, but one of us made a movie reference to the other, and it just sparked off from there. I was the guy when I first started there. I didn't have an office; I had a cubicle. And I have a big mouth, and I don't. I have very impulsive. I don't. I can't control things I say sometimes, uh, like Tourette's almost, but not not as not, not clinically. Like I just, <laughs> I'm just a dumbass. I don't. I don't. Uh, <laughs> there's no treatment. I, I, there's no filter between brain and mouth sometimes. <laughs> and so in this office where there's you know ten people working with cubicles, everyone can hear you if you're loud enough. I would I would just, in reference to things that would happen like phone calls, or something, I would just say references to movies and TV shows, and there would be. Because we had this kind of boys club. There was four of us. There was you and me and then uh, these other two dudes that worked there that were also kind of the same generation and same pop culture reference getters that, that we are. And I would just, one day I would just say, like, remember kids, duck and cover. <laughs> like the classic South Park episode. And that would get a few snickers. And even even like the old ladies that worked with us would be like, ha, he's so funny. Oh, yeah. Well, Marlo was amazing. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Sorry. I burped right over that reference. Hey. Goes with booze. Um, so but yeah, it's one of those things where it's like you work with people eight hours a day and you start to talk to people and you start to get to know them and and you start, you know, there's people I've worked with there longer than you that I don't say two words to. Yeah. Like in, in work or out of work, I don't see them. But like you and I, we somehow, we clicked. And yeah. And we, we filmed a few things together and we have a few same interests. And so I figured why, why not just get a podcast together? Yeah. And uh, yeah. And that that's exactly my thought because i mean people film is this beautiful thing i i think the reason i love a movie is because you know it's sitting on it's sitting on my dvd shelf or you know maybe it's in my vhs's and maybe when you know when the movie's good enough i have a couple blu-rays up there you know not to brag but um (laughs) i have two copies of star trek i have the theatrical cut and the director's cut on blu-ray so (laughs) you know but but you have i mean they sit on the shelf right and every time you put that in the dvd player it's the same damn movie and it never changes, but, but, uh, and this is, this is actually take two of our podcast, but in, in take one, um, which I set up drunk. So there was audio issues. William doesn't know how microphones work. <laughs> I, no, no, no. The driver, the driver output. Yeah. The driver, the driver, the, the MMV driver. Okay. I won't go into it, but, uh, but, but like we mentioned in take one, like the movie never changes, but we do. So like, we'll either notice something we never noticed before or something will happen in it. that means something different to us. So movies, movies to me are always that kind of beautiful thing. Like no matter what's going on in my life, that movie is that movie, and it won't. And and it, it's a beautiful constant, as well as an art form. Um, I mean, paintings, paintings will fade, you know, mm. you know, stuff like that. Well, because they're 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 physical, they're in the real realm. But like, as long as your disc keeps playing, that movie's gonna look the same. And that's you know, for me, because there's like. Here's where we get in like real snob territory, but those are the you know not every movie is is like that. When what you're saying, you know, some movies. Oh yeah. When we have this coming of age moment where you have this epiphany, where it's like, oh, some movies are just made to sell a ticket, and then they don't care about its longevity or its legacy, or nobody's going around looking for a copy of Sudden Death starring Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> and the Chicago Blackhawks and the Pittsburgh Penguins from 1997. You know, nobody's going around looking. Unless it's like a, you know, like we do with B movies, like it's like let's watch this and mock it. Yeah, you know it. But movies, you know, like anything by Scorsese, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit, check off all the all the hipster boxes here. Anything by Scorsese, 
or you know directors with like a specific style like the Andersons, right? Wes Anderson. Yeah, Wes and Anderson. Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, like, Wes Anderson. Like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pissed because like Isle of Dogs isn't opening here uh, in our town. And no, we. What do we? What do we get a 16 screen theater for? With if we can't get Wes Anderson movies on opening weekend with a fucking IMAX. What's the point? <laughs> I mean, it's it's just it's another theater for, uh, opening for um, uh, insert. Big budget crappy movie here. Yeah, and and well, I mean that's to to go on to that tangent. I mean you so so we also have a couple other shows we do on YouTube. Uh, we review newer movies. We also talk about our yes. bad movies. We are our own biggest fans. We currently. are. Yeah, yeah. But and we've uh, got a, <laughs> considering like three days ago, some lady who was pissed about not getting enough views literally shot up YouTube. Uh, we got to tread lightly on the whole. We're a little uh, cynical about how how few views we get. I'm actually I'm I'm actually almost proud of it because I, I I've seen a few of my YouTube idols, uh, some people that I really respected, really loved that went the way that they were small, and I actually watched them become big, and then they turned into these kind of asshole, pretentious assholes, mm. and and that that makes me sad, and I I almost like the fact that we're we're rel- well I shouldn't say relatively we are actually unheard of. It's literally friends and family, and even yeah. our friends are kind of like, Meh. but but I like that because. It, it, it keeps us humble in a way because I, I have some some guys that play video games that we actually watched a video with them about a couple minutes ago they they've been doing this for years now and they were around for years before I discovered them and, and I absolutely love them and those those guys literally work their butts off just to make enough money to make another episode yeah and and they're super humble they they're all about thanking their fans they do what their fans request them and they don't do these ridiculous jumping sharks like some of their fans will ask them to do ridiculous things and they'll just be like no we're not doing that because <laughs> and they they say it over and over again it's like we we just do this because we love to do it and, and that's kind of like what we do we we love movies we love to talk about movies we discuss and bicker about movies and, and it's and that's the thing is you know i'm i'm old enough to remember a world where there was no outlet mm-hmm. for creativity uh, unless like some of the youtube shows i follow i think like if it were 30 years ago these guys would be on like public television i always say you know we had channel 30 even in the town i grew up it was like you know the 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 two towns shared a tv channel yeah. and it was like the, the high school history teacher was also the basketball commentator <laughs> um <clears throat> but like they would be and they would do like a weekly half hour show and it would suck because they would you know a show like, you know, YouTube movie review shows or like a solo YouTuber like Jenny Nicholson or somebody. Well, they do videos when they feel like it or when the moment strikes them. And they and know it's, it's going to be funny or entertaining. Yeah. yeah, and they put something into that and not like a, they're on a schedule. Oh, it's, I don't have to do a show this week, you know. I have to do I have to do something. Here's a, oh, I saw this movie that, you know, it's like not playing anywhere. So I have, but it's the only one I haven't reviewed yet. So I have yeah. to do a show on it. And YouTube, you know, for those of us who grew up in an analog world, it's this miracle of just being able to get, even if nobody hears it, you said it. It's out there. Yeah. It's off your chest and out there. And that's, you know, maybe someone someday will see this and say, hey, these two idiots got it, got it right. Let's watch this podcast or let's check out their other shows. And, yeah. you know, that might be 10 years from now, but, you know, whatever. Well, and, and, and that's that's the, that's the like you said, the beauty of a buy. I, I, I'm kind of the same way as, like, I just I just like to share it. Like, I, I, I annoy people at work all the time because, like, someone will mention a movie. I'm like, ooh, you saw that? We need to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And, like, You're I'm that insta- guy. Yeah. I'm instantly <laughs> in their face. Like, we have to talk about this film. And there's this one yeah. guy, he mentioned that he saw uh, this uh, 
semi obscure. Um, I don't I don't know if it's French or 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 just some of the other some other European country, but it was it was definitely not American. Uh, it was dubbed over and it was called Jack and the Cuckoo Clock Heart. It was a 3D animated children's film based on some folklore story, a, and intensely strange, mm-hmm. but a great movie. And it had these beautiful metaphors in it. And I, I apologize to uh, I apologize to anyone who decides, decides to look it up, but I'm going to spoil the ending right now. So basically, he he had his heart heart replaced by a cuckoo clock because his heart was frozen. And part of the side effect of that is he can't fall in love because it's too stressful on his heart. But at the end, like, he fell in love. He went through this whole thing with this girl, and he's, he's dying. He's laying in the snow next to this tree, and he's dying. And finally, the girl, after the big fight they had, runs up to him, and, and they meet each other, and he basically says his final goodbye, right? And this movie has such a beautiful metaphor for death. In his death, it wasn't, like, this sad, horrible thing. It was actually a super sweet thing. Time freezes around him, the snowflakes and everything. He gives her a kiss on the cheek, and he climbs the snowflakes up into the sky. Aww. It's super sweet and a yeah. beautiful metaphor, right? And and it's it's kind of those those things like that. Like someone will be like, "Oh, I saw this movie." I'm like, "Let's talk about that beautiful ending." Right. And they're Especially like, if it's something rare or unique. Like, like nobody comes up. It's like I just saw Black Panther. Oh, we gotta talk about it. It's like you know everyone's seen Black Panther. But if someone comes up and says, "I've seen Run," L- I just checked out this movie. It's called Run, Run Lola, Lola Run. Run. I'm like, yes, I love that. Was like the first kind of video store indie recommendation in college that I got. I'm like. My young burgeoning film studies and, and film uh, amateur film critique career, or whatever you want to call, you know, p- yeah. part ha- pastime or hobby, whatever you want to call it, and and when people met, you know, when you mentioned, I think what was there was one for you and me where it was like it was mentioned at work. I think it was RoboCop. Was it or RoboCop? Something. I yeah. think I think RoboCop was a lot of our first jokes because both of us knew the. The relevance and yet ridiculousness of that film. Well, because we work, we both work for. We don't work. We didn't work for the company we worked for is not OCP in the slightest. But it, <laughs> it's easy to be cynical about the faceless corporate committee think that kind of rule ruled yeah. our lives. It's and a standard still corporate company. Yeah. yeah, they make decisions based on the bottom line. And yeah, some guy we don't know, know so, his name says do this and we do it. Yeah. So yeah. when something would happen and I would say, oh, geez, William, this could look bad for our company. Scramble the best spin team we have. You, you get that. You actually said that exact reference to me <laughs> when you uh, you outlined that own brochure and you sent it up and it came back with like they 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 thought something was really wrong and you you said that exact reference. I I freaking lost it. <laughs> that was so hilarious. But but yeah, it's it's those exact yeah. things. Or like, like one of your favorite ones from RoboCop Two is uh, Officer Duffy. You're a rotten cop. Yeah yeah. Where <laughs> where's Kane? Actually, behind me, like literally behind me right now, is a RoboCop Two poster. Yes, uh, and it's the it's the great one where you see RoboCop Two and reflected in RoboCop's face, and it's great. Because I mean, let's just face it, RoboCop Two was so great, and no one loves it like it, they should love it. It's this, it's it's, it's the redheaded stepchild of movies, and it just needs love. I don't know about that. I would say it's great. It stands on its own fantastically, but compared to the first RoboCop, it it does pale in comparison slightly. If they do they do things bigger and better. I think you know RoboCop Two is one where you have the commercial with uh, Ramada from Hot Shots covered yep. in blue goop, and they're like they're really selling you on the the world is fucked up. 20, yeah. You know, thirty years from the nineteen eighties and uh, two years from now. Actually, you know, we're <laughs> we're just about in RoboCop land, folks. Yeah. And Detroit is doing its best uh, to make up 
to to be the reality of RoboCop. If anything, Merced, California is going to be. Oh. Yeah, that's. Um, I won't go into that, but look look that city up. It's got some issues. Yeah. Not so much the crime, but the financial part is exactly like RoboCop. Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard for me to care about California. Arizona's got our. We got our own problems. Yeah. But uh, trying to trying to think of where where to lead on from here. Well, I mean, uh, to to speak of so okay, so RoboCop. RoboCop came out in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I was I was born late eighties, um, and so you know RoboCop had been around a little bit by then. But for the past, like I I always loved movies. I loved movies since I was a little kid. But I wasn't like that's that's what I did. That wasn't my hobby at that point until like I I got into college and like you said you know you you learned about stuff in college and I met all these people because I grew up in this little cattle town no one was cultured in any way (laughs) most of them were really racist uh that's where all of California's opium came from um so it was a pretty pretty ridiculous little city and so I I knew nothing like like my my dad knew this this uh uh, I'm actually his namesake uh Bill can we can we go back to the opium comment and say that (laughs) <laughs> Best opium comes from California. Happy poppies grow in California. Happy, happy poppies grow. Yeah. yeah. Or good opium comes from happy poppies. Happy, happy poppies, poppies grow, grow in California. California. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're past, we're past that now. You're named after your dad. Oh, no. I, well, I, I'm named after my dad's best friend, uh, oh, a, a man by the name of uh, Bill Ballantyne. And, uh, or sorry, <laughs> no, that Uncle Barry is Barry Ballantyne. Bill Brasky. Bill, Bill Long. I'm oh. named after Bill Long. Um, but uh, but no, he uh, in more ways than one. Yeah. He was he was this amazing guy that um, he loved cinema and specifically bad cinema. Mm-hmm. He had he had I mean, and he would figure out ridiculous ways of recording these things. He would record. He would have an eight millimeter projector pointed at his TV and a cassette recorder next to the TV. He'd record things separate and like to show his friends. He have to like time it. <laughs> and and it would still off sync, you know, because that's in the analog age where nothing's quite like a pre World War One picture show. Where Almost, you, you gotta press play on the record. Yeah, and... there's these beautiful stories <laughs> of like my dad and and my uncle Bill, uh, like projecting porn on the neighbor's house because he was an asshole to them. So they're like, he can't see what everyone's laughing at, but everyone's laughing at his house. <laughs> so so he, I, I kind of started to get when I when I came a little older and um, I found like all these VHS tapes that my dad had saved from him, and there was just like there was the old like. Like, uh, old Buck Rogers was on there, Flash Gordon, uh, uh, Commando Cody, like, a lot of the old serials. And then he had just these bizarre, like, Attack of the Crab Monsters, hmm. bizarre, bad, uh, just trash sci-fi movies. And that's kind of what made me love sci-fi and love movies. And then I, I met my wife, and, and she showed me just, she showed me that, like, you could know nothing about a movie. And it just kind of, sa- you read the back of the box, and it just kind of sounds interesting, and you watch it. And since then, like, I've... You've given me recommendations I never thought I'd watch, uh, and and cinema has become my hobby. Like I, mm. I movies come out, I'm like I, I want to know about it. And then like you and me, when we were we were doing a B movie support group episode for uh, Space Mutiny, we looked up shit for the background, and it's like <laughs> it's like they color corrected the windows so they look like the energy reactor, but they didn't tell the film developer, so he color corrected them back. And <laughs> and it's like on an already low budget movie, they wasted so much money. <laughs> needlessly color correcting <laughs> this footage twice which twice is great. it's like you, you could have had more than cardboard sets maybe. yeah and for me because i grew up like i was one of those i was a weird kid who refused to accept his weirdness i was like no i'm not going to be weird i'm going to be normal i'm going to conform and i'm going <laughs> to like the things other people like and i'm going to go see them so i can talk about them and and join in the conversation and be normal and through my teen years, I was pretty much like that. I was like, you know, if it's not made by Hollywood, it's crap. You know, if it's not, if it doesn't have Tom Cruise in it, it's not worth my time because it's not, 
you know it's going to be just like it's a b movie it's a straight to video <laughs> why why would i be entertained by that you know that those movies are failures you know and then like i was dating this girl in high school and she's like you, you see this movie clerks I'm like, no, what's what's Clerks? I, I heard about this movie, Clerks. What's Clerks all about? Who's in this movie? And she's like, nobody you know. But it's <laughs> one of the greatest movies you'll ever see. And I saw it and I was like, damn, this movie has a lot of flaws, but I was really fucking entertained. Like, this guy made a movie, like, overnight in his spare time with his friends and a bunch of community theater people, and it fucking worked. And it, like... Well, and it had it had relevance know. to it too. There was reasons for all their actions. I, can, there well, was, I connected believe... with the characters. Yes, it everyone related feels like Dante to me. Sometimes, yes, I was Dante. I even grew a goatee, so I could look. Like, <laughs> I could be Dante, uh, not be Dante. But you know, I grew because I like that look. I like the the flannel shirt over you know with the the goatee that nineties man. I, I think look. Dante invented the modern uh, handsome grunge look. Yeah, I, I think it just hasn't caught on until now. But I think Dante was the first. But I was also. You know, the point of Clerks is it's a guy in his 20s who should be moving on from his, you know, career and, and going to college and going into bigger, better things. And I was at the doorstep of that. I was 18. Yeah. And I was just like, uh, you know, I was already cynical about <laughs> working in retail and customer service. But also, like, it was one of those things like, oh, not only is this a movie that speaks to me, but it was made by a guy like me. It was made by a schlub. Kevin Smith no. is big and famous now, and he's got a huge Twitter account, and everybody you know, hangs on his every word. But he was a schlub when he made it. He was just a regular guy. He's just a dude and half an the, idea. Yeah, and half yeah. the people in the movie were like, I don't want to be famous. I don't want to be in the next movie. I don't want to. This was something I did for fun, you know, and and that, that really kind of got me off that mainstream path and into watch, you know, and the late 90s were such a, yeah, it was Hollywood saying, "Okay, we're going to make these directors famous now." These little indie directors, like with Sling Blade and yeah, and John, you know, John Waters found new life in the '90s with like stuff like Serial Mom and, and Crybaby and Pecker. Um, but also, it allowed it was there were still the gatekeepers, but it allowed stuff like Blair Witch to get made. Yeah, and um, SLC Punk is another one of those little indie films that yeah, uh, kind of slipped through the cracks where it's like. Hollywood executives like, well, that's what the kids are watching these days. Greenlight it, you know, yeah. and and that's what led to now you can make movies on digital. You don't need to know how to develop and process film. And now you have the Internet and you have this whole what we're doing now where you have no gatekeepers and you can just say what you want and make what you want. Yeah. Well, and and I, I kind of got I mean, originally, you know, I, I had my bad sci fi because there was channels on like satellite and cable that played bad sci fi. And so my dad and I, my dad was actually a huge influence for, for movies for me because he, he's the same way. He, he likes cinema and weird cinema, cinema specifically, like like movies that are just I mean, my dad's like naked lunch, uh, bad taste, killer tongue, mm. movies like that are, are my dad's bread and butter. But for me, I mean, I, I, I like I, I watched an expansive movies going into college, but but when I met Heather and she, you know, she just told me that I was like, you can just watch a movie; it doesn't fucking matter what it is. And I and I did. I, I watched Run Lola Run, which I, I fell in love with. I have it; it's on my DVD shelf. Um, I my my dad sent me a movie that he saw on IFC that he thought I would like, uh, uh Six String Samurai, which uh, you saw, and, and <laughs> you don't share the same love, but you do understand the I, the relevance. Of I get it. why. I get why. I understand. Like to me, it was kind of like a mad, you know, like the kid was like it was like a Mad Max type. Yeah, thing. that's exactly what it's supposed to be. You know, it's fun. Yeah, it, well, and I like it because it's quirky and it's fun. It's this bizarre look at the apocalypse, 
and and I mean, I, I started to like movies like that. I mean, I pulled up a movie I found uh, called Malice in Wonderland, not the rap album, um, <laughs> but an actual an actual movie, a British made film. And it's fantastic. Like like uh, there's this guy named Harry Hunt and he's the red queen. He is a, he's a queen. He is a flamboyant homosexual. <laughs> uh, and, and it's it's just hilarious. Um, and and that's kind of where I am now, like mo- movies for the sake of of. People loving making them, I think, mm. is are the ones I enjoy the most. Like I, I told you about this this horror comedy I ran across called Blood Car. It has zero budget, and the girl from My Girl, for no apparent reason, just older. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, Anna, yeah. Anna Chomsky, yeah, something. I always, I, I'm horrible. Chum- Chomsky, with actor names. Chumley, Chum- yeah, Chomsky. But and it's just, it's this bizarrely stupid story, and it's got no budget, and like the set for the two rival stores that the the guy goes to are literally like like plywood kiosks they put in a field, <laughs> and but the you could you're watch and it's kind of like Clerks you're watching the movie and you're like the person making this is just so goddamn happy that they made it. Yeah. There's the, there's that love there's that honesty. <laughs> You're just like they—they're just so happy that they get to show up and film something that they had that they wrote and they got the equipment for, and but not in the same sense as like Neil Breen and yeah, Don Doler. Like, <laughs> but it's like well, you know, Don Doler, maybe because Don Doler or like Len Kabazinski or, um, John Waters, even in the early days, the Dreamlanders. You know, it's people getting together making a film. Yeah, and they enjoy it's fun for them, and it's it's you know, they don't care, you know, if they get famous or it's like, Hey, I was in a movie. That's yeah. all I care about. And that's great. And I, I find myself, you know, I'm one of those guys, people will ask me my, like normal people will ask me about my opinion on movies or on a specific movie. And they will get way more than they bargained for in I return. Same thing. <laughs> I had a coworker uh, on the phone once. He's like, uh, so what do you, what do you think about that man of steel movie that just came out? Do you think my, my son, my nine year old son just loves uh, Superman. I was, I was wondering, do you think it's good for him to, for him to take to and like 10 minutes later and like you know superman you know superman a realistic take on superman just doesn't work you can't you can't do the batman thing where a guy wears blue tights and a red cape and yeah. it's just this orgy of violence at the end where superman's punching a guy in the face through buildings and he's disappointed that he has to break his neck and blah 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 and the guy's like so would you recommend it <laughs> or wait for netflix or you it know it didn't pop did not pop. It did not pop. Did not pop for me. No, no popcorn for that, breakfast on that. That that is a reference to our to our uh, other. We actually do a YouTube series. Uh, I I I, Which, I love it. Ironically, the last one we did was Wonder Woman. Yes, like a year ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, life's been busy. Life's been busy. I I do. We we should pick it back up. But now that I'm I I actually am off well, on the weekends coming. again. Yeah, summer's coming. Summer's we, coming. We could do some blockbusters. <laughs> we could do some normie uh, loving movie. You know, movies uh, the normies love. Yeah. Maybe get some hits on YouTube that way. <laughs> well, speaking of Man of Steel, I mean, there's, there's just one point that I think... Okay, so that movie I, I thought was already pretty bad. Uh, I'm not going to go into the specifics why I think it's bad, but I did not like it. I thought the whole movie was just... It, it was just kind of lost in itself. What's well, because Zack Snyder doesn't understand Superman. Yeah. Doesn't know what Superman is. Well, well at... Okay, well, at the end where, uh, where Superman is holding Zod's head, or... <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. The, yeah, General Zod. He's holding Zod's head, right? And Zod's shooting the eye beam, you know, that's cutting the city down, and he's turning his head, and Superman has the choice of either cracking his neck to kill him or let him kill people. They missed a fo- fatal flaw. They had already established earlier in that sequence that Kryptonians are immune to other Kryptonians' eye lasers. 
So oh, he could have yeah. just covered his fucking just, face with his hand. Yeah. He could have just went like, up, oh, up, oh, sorry, up. Oh. <laughs> Peekaboo. Yeah. That is literally that. It was. It's like when people are like, "Well, why didn't why didn't Frodo take the eagles and drop the ring?" You know, it's it, it it kills the whole thing. Yeah, not. A, I don't know. Yeah, the eagles and that's <laughs> a huge plot hole, I guess. But <laughs> you know, the point is the adventure. It's the adventure. It's the friendship. Well, and if you read through the books, it actually there is a really good reason why Gandalf didn't have the eagles yet. The eagles didn't want to be part of it, but they saw the, that if you didn't stop Sauron, then because the, the eagles are a metaphor for America in World War Two. Because <laughs> I don't know. I, I yeah. insert white noise here. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I was thinking, I was, I was like, Zack Snyder and Lord of the Rings, and how am I supposed to make sense of this now and go on, move on to something else? Um, well, I mean, you, you could just, you could just sidebar into like, you know, like, you know what, you know what's completely different, you know, just like mention the Escape well, from New York or something. I've been watching, because I have both Netflix and Prime, so I just, I cherry pick scenes from movies I've seen a, a whole bunch of times, and I'll rewatch a movie that. I'll have it on DVD, but it's so much easier to click it on Netflix because why, why get up and put a DVD in the machine? And I was watching I, – I mentioned directors I like with very specific styles, and one of those guys is Michael Mann. And he did uh, – he's more well-known, I think, for Heat with Al Pacino, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro finally sharing a scene. Yeah, you meant, you um, uh, suggested that to me. I just haven't gotten to it yet. And it's, it's this big, sprawling L.A. crime story. It's like a three-hour movie, and everyone has every character. There's twelve main characters. They all have a backstory, and it's it's just hmm. marvelous. And that's got a great one of Pacino's better outburst performances, uh, where he's yelling at uh, he's yelling at Mo Sislak from The Simpsons, Hank Azaria in the flesh. Oh, and, really? Wow! And he's great. And but Michael Mann also did a movie that's kind of a cult classic. Uh, Kind of to tie it back to RoboCop 2, it has your boy Tom Noonan, who was Kane. Um, Manhunter, which came out in 1986, and Michael Mann was working on Miami Vice at the time. So this is like a Manhunter. It's almost dreamlike how avant-garde and stylized it is. Like It's just 80s. <laughs> like, there's neon everywhere. There's pastel. There's little hints of pink and purple in different scenes that just don't belong there. But the use of color in that movie... Is just so like every nighttime scene inside Wilgram's house is just blue. Like you're in a fish tank. It's amazing. And there's a sunset where like looks like the waves are on fire. God damn, and, I need to watch the movie now. But your boy Tom Noonan is the it's Manhunter is the first adaptation of Red Dragon, the Hannibal Lecter, the first Hannibal Lecter novel. And in in, in there the uh, the bad guy is named the Tooth Fairy, and Tom Noonan mm-hmm. plays this guy. And his first actual appearance on camera, he comes in from and he's just got this. They really use his awkwardness. To its fullest, because he's a, like he's like seven foot tall, gangly. He's like Groot, yeah. you know. He's just gangly, and his hand comes in from off camera. It's just this giant hand with these ten inch long fingers. He taps a guy on the shoulder, and it's just like so creepy and so <laughs> awesome. And you know, I guess the point I'm trying to make is like certain. You know, that sticks with me. That's a movie I'll rewatch once a year, maybe once a month, if I have it. And it's still on Prime for free, and I don't have to find it anywhere. And it's like. Those movies, you know, I'm not rewatching Deuce Bigelow. No, I'm not going back to that scene and Freddie got fingered to 
find inspiration for a project I'm working on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I I've been doing the same thing. So Heather and I will we'll just we'll just pop in movies because I mean you've seen our DVD shelf; it's way too big. We we could we literally could not watch all those movies in a year. Right. Um. But but we go back and there's a few movies that that I notice like we watch multiple times a year. Like I watch I watch RoboCop one and two multiple times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ninja Turtles one and two I watch them most multiple times a year. That's mainly like my childhood you, nostalgia. And you mean the original Ninja Turtles. The original Ninja Turtles the movies. Secret yeah. of the Ooze. Secret and, of the yeah, Ooze. Yeah. The second one, yeah. And the first one just Ninja Turtles. That's this new. Um, and then one <clears> that we we literally just watched last week, a Goofy movie. Um, which if you want to know how nineties, the nineties was watch a goofy movie that is as nineties as the nineties got. Yes. Uh, but, but we watched those films and like, uh, are you talking about recycling and saving the environment and ozone layer and captain planet? If you want to account it to all that, but no, what I I was kind of, uh, on, on your point that like, yeah, there's these things, like there's these specific parts in these movies. I could I could relay I mean RoboCop I could probably give you the every line of every scene in order because I've seen it so much and we could do a table reading of RoboCop we like you could, and I you know what people might we should just do table we readings should just of do bad that on you, that's our, our new action. show next show table readings <laughs> coming next month well we, we need 2018 to... is the year it happens for us William it's the year it happens well you need a clever title like Boo's Pork Group Popcorn for Breakfast Retinue Booze and Movies Tabled. it needs this. Uh, uh, table, table, uh, retarding? No, that's no, offensive. No, no, that's offensive. That's, that's offensive. triggering. We'll, be- we'll think of something. Don't you worry. <laughs> but, but no, yeah. On your point, like there, like there's, there's, that's what makes a movie great. I think because as as much as you and me like to say like this movie's good, this movie's bad. Unfortunately, that is, it's like art. It's established by the viewer. If two billion people say that Transformers Five is great, fuck. Unfortunately, Transformers Five is great. Not in my book. Probably not in your book, um, but like but again, that's a movie that's that was pat. The first Transformers was packaged for its time. I actually nobody, liked the first one, but nobody is talking. Nobody's saying, "Hey, remember that scene in Transformers? That groundbreaking scene where Sam does this? Yeah, true. Or that groundbreaking CGI. True. Where it's two junkyards fighting each other on, <laughs> on camera. You know, but but we can all agree that. But it sold a lot of tickets, so let's make more. Well, and so that that kind of brings up. And I don't want anyone to be offended by this, but I, I bring it up a lot of times, and I feel bad for saying it, but I always bring up the topic of stupid. And I say stupid people, and I don't mean stupid. I don't mean stupid people un, like offensively. I just mean stupid people as like an idea. Uncultured. Uh, sort of, yeah. But like you have these people that like like people who, who these stupid like like uh what is it like um um it's like drunk moms seven, you know, like dumb movies like that come out and, and they get and oh, like anything with Amy Schumer in it. Unfortunately, poor Amy Schumer. <laughs> I feel, I legitimately feel bad for her, but I'm not going to go into that. Or Melissa McCarthy. She's yeah, that yeah. too. Pretty much, pretty much all the female actresses. They're, really they're both time lately. Both Amy Schumer and Melissa, they're in their Tom Hanks period now where they're doing bachelor party and yeah. big and they have yet to find their Philadelphia. They need, they, they it's need, coming, though. yeah, they need their Joe versus the volcano. Yes. Um, <laughs> references uh but god well, i don't even remember what i was saying oh yeah but like the object of, of of stupid like there's 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 stupid that is it's just dumb and it's like why do people like this movie ass ass yeah you just blue collar and i get titties ha ah, it's funny. i get like i get movies like that i mean for me a classic stupid movie where it's like you sit and laugh at it is airplane 
Well, I was actually. And which lasts? You could still. There's a few references that are very dated, like the all the terrorism references and, and the uh, speaking jive and the speaking jive, and also the Leslie Nielsen says, "I haven't felt this weird since that Anita Bryant." Con- Nobody remembers Anita Bryant and yeah. her war on gays back in the '70s. Nobody remembers that. Yeah. But it's still when you see the you know the, the name gags where it's like Captain Over, Roger, 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 um, Vector, Victor. Yeah, Vector, Victor. That, that's timeless. Um, yeah, done. But you watch like. Uh, the the blank movie right scary movie epic movie date movie those are full of references that only people in 1998 know very encapsulated yeah very very encapsulated yeah well and and i was i was actually going to mention that point it's like there's a difference between like stupid movies and stupid comedy and there are some stupid comedies that i love and, and they're not stupid comedies because they're bad they're stupid because you get to turn your brain off and just they're just yeah, but, good simple jokes yeah and my, one of my favorites is basketball and there, there's actually a generation <laughs> of people that hate that film but I, it, it's by the same writers as Airplane, and it, it, it is. Actually. Well, South Park, too. Yeah, and South Park. Well, Trey Parker and Matt Stone actually didn't write it. Oh, they didn't? Okay. No, I thought that it was, was, like, no it's actually by the writers Because I know they wanted to do movies, but then South Park was kind of like, oh, we have to do this. This is making us money now, so let's yeah. focus on this. So if I remember correctly, they had... Because they wanted to do Book of Mormon like 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that was their deal. Yeah. And <laughs> if I remember correctly, they had a say in the writing. I think they were involved, but they don't have the credit for it. But uh, that that is why they're the main actors. And and no, they they play the characters well. It's written really funny. And you were talking about like moments you remember. Like I I watch basketball multiple times a year. Well, okay, and that's maybe like two. But mm-hmm. I, I, I that's watch multiple it multiple times. Yeah. Okay, that's true. More than once. Technicality. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nuance, Stephen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, no, like when I watch it, I am waiting that whole film for the part where coop reamer or or just uh I don't know, his name's coop anyway he's falling asleep because they just spent all night drinking with a kid who's about to get a kidney transplant he's drunk and he's standing there with the basketball and he's passed out and they're like oh he's really concentrating on this shot <laughs> and then someone in the crowd honks an air horn and he freaks and throws it mm-hmm. the his physical action on that in response I have woken Heather up more than once laughing at that scene. Because <laughs> she falls asleep. Cause, well, <laughs> that and, and uh, I used to be on it. You know, I used to be on the shift where I stayed up like four hours later. Right, right. But yeah, so it's exactly like you said. Like there, there are films you come back to because you're like, I remember this part. I love this part. Yeah. And, and I don't think you need to love the whole movie to love that part. Well, and see, for me, I'm a sports fan. I, I consume sports. I love my football, baseball, yeah. and hockey teams. We I, try to do I enjoy uh, Super Bowl you with come you over once a year for yeah. Super Bowl, and it's it's a great time. But I actually do – I like sports. I like, you know, the strategy, and, and I get passionate about my hometown teams. And so, for me, that movie was not – people would say, oh, uh, it's insulting the sports fans. It says you're – you know, like, no, not really. It does lampoon a lot of – What's wrong with professional sports? Like the first joke is about how sports teams keep relocating every you know to yeah. places where they probably just shouldn't. I like go. it says the Raiders went from here to ba- here to back again, and no one noticed. Like yeah, that, that's a funny joke. I noticed because <laughs> I lived in, lived in the Bay Area in Oakland oh, yeah. at the time. But uh, <laughs> um, or like you know the the New Orleans Jazz moved to Utah where their jazz is illegal. Where no jazz. Or jazz Mormons. is illegal. Yeah. Or the the Minnesota Lakers moved to Los Angeles where there are no lakes. But also the you know the owner Mr. Densmore and how it's like the business and and it's entertainment and also how like Reamer and Coop are like role models suddenly like yeah we're not sp- we're, we're just- not role models and this is an era of like Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan and I'm not a role model and, yeah you know. and they were just like unwashed losers barely making rent like a right, year ago like, <laughs> and and also like the the running gag with Bob Costas and Al Michaels in the booth 
talking about the, the playoff brackets. And it's like, yeah, you know what? If you look at all these professional <laughs> leagues have more than 30 teams now. The playoffs are a little uh, two months long. Yeah, it, is, I, it is a little weird. You know, it's I love when he's long. reading off the rules and he says <laughs> that if a winner is not announced by such and such, they'll have a two-man sack race every consecutive Saturday <laughs> until a winner is announced. Yes, and also they got they got Al Michaels, the the top tier of top tier sports broadcasters in America, like top five, like Vince Scully, Al Michaels. You know, he doesn't get any better than Al Michaels saying, "You're excited, feel you know, my nipples." <laughs> I mean, yeah. It's probably because it's, it's lowbrow humor, but it's not fucking uh, Joe Dirt. You know, it's not. Oh, I touched a nerve there. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's I, not. Um, I, I like Joe Dirt for some, some specific reasons. Probably because, uh, again, the Cowtown, thing, Cowtown yeah. uh, origin of myself. But it's not like Adam Sandler humor. You know? Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not a uh, ridiculous six. Ugh. And it's not uh, my wife just uh rented because out, out of curiosity because it had some it had some really good actresses in it she rented that um it's like bachelorette party or the bad night or something and it was about a bunch of it was about a bachelorette party where they accidentally kill a guy they think is a stripper oh and it, it's just stupid that kind of rem- well i don't think it's on video yet but it's that like game night where they actually they kill a guy or it's like jason bateman that wasn't an out of theaters in like two weeks. Yeah, it's probably the exact same thing, just with ladies. And now they're going back to the gross out, raunchy comedy shit now. Like, like the the late remember the late nineties, early two thousands, where it was like something about Mary with cum in her hair yeah. and Jason Biggs fucking a pie. The poor guy, he could have had a great career, but he started out fucking an and apple fucking pie, pie, and that's yeah. all he ever will be remembered for. You can only go so far or up from Tom, fucking a pie. Tom Green eating a mouse and road trip. You know, it's like it's gross out comedy when, like, airplane. Maybe you'd see some boobs flash by, or what's the running gag in airplane? The lady is trying to put her lipstick on throughout this turbulent flight, and yeah. she's drawing green circles all over her face and doesn't yeah. know it. You know? Yeah. Well, and and like, the only boobs in airplane are, are during the uh, prepare for crash, and it, like the, it's just the joke that everyone's panicking, and a lady without her top runs by. Yeah. And, and it's, it's the joke. It's like it's it's just ridiculous. Everyone's yeah. panicking. And it's the same kind of thing in uh, another movie made by those guys starring Leslie Nielsen with Naked Gun, where he's talking about. Everything I see reminds me of my ex-girlfriend. He's driving by that oil refinery with the two large domes with the nipples on yeah. top. <laughs> <laughs> I it's like, about that. I love that. It's like, yeah, that's, it's absolutely lowbrow humor, but it's it's done in such a way that it's smart lowbrow humor. Yeah. Does that, can you even say that? You ha- Yeah, well, because you got to th- you got to take a second to think about the joke. Yeah. The, it's meta. The, yeah, the joke isn't like, ha-ha, <laughs> he said boobs and then farted, ha He fell ha, down ha. and made a funny, or the, the old woman uh, sat on a yeah. horse. And, yeah, or, or the fat woman sat on a horse and the horse broke all four of its legs. Yeah, or like, oh, the old lady crossing <laughs> the street said, fuck you. Ah, uh, funny. <laughs> uh. Well, uh, we're We've been talking for like three hours here. <laughs> no, we're Hope actually, you're still with us. We're actually uh, running up on the uh, the time slot I had uh, uh, originally concepted for this. Um well, good. I'm almost, I'm out of beer. I need to get another beer. Yeah, I'm almost out of mead. Well, uh, thank you for if you did listen all the way through this. Thank you for listening to us rant about films. Um, I would love to say on the next episode we are going to talk about our theater experiences. <laughs> that could be a fun episode all in. Time. Oh man, Doctor Strange. Was it the last? It was Doctor the Strange. last movie we saw at the old theater in town with a couple of local people. We'll go into it in the episode. The full sto- full story coming up. Thank you for listening to Booze and Movies. No, that's bringing a smile to my face. I want to tell a story now, but I guess I'll have to wait. <laughs> well, we can just hit stop and then just record the We can the just pretend episode. we recorded it next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll wait. All right. <laughs> well, have fun, everybody. Bye.